Can you tell us why do you use stories to inspire change? Because it's all I have. I mean, that might sound flip, but I look at data and stats all the time because I write health journalism story, right? But in truth, it is that human experience and that lived experience that really hits home. And it makes you think about your own experience. So the best stories are eminently relatable and they can break your heart in the best of ways and the worst of ways. Hello, I'm Denise Withers, and you're listening to Forward, an interview series where today's leaders reveal how they use stories to make change and shape the future. If you need a new way to move forward towards your goals, then stay tuned, because I have just the story for you. These days, so many issues tear us apart that it's easy to forget about what holds us together, like our humanity our shared wants, needs, and dreams, our lived experiences, co-workers, citizens, and families. So how can leaders working for change help people find common ground and goals so that they can all move forward to co-create a better world together? Well, with stories, of course. And that's what we're going to talk about today with author and journalist Andrea Collier. As a writer and storyteller, Andrea tackles issues from healthcare to racism, working for publications like The Oprah Magazine and Washington Post. She brings humanity and curiosity to everything she does, and I'm excited to learn from her today. So, Andrea, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. You know, one of the reasons I'm looking forward to this conversation so much is that, like me, you've been using stories throughout your career, not just to entertain and educate people, but to move them, as you say, to get them to feel something that affects the way they show up in the world. So it'd be great if you could start us off by telling us a little bit about where that passion comes from. I grew up with people who tell story and I think that's how I knew that I that my path was going to be journalism and writing. It's always been a part of my life. My grandparents migrated from the south in what would be called the great migration and like all black families they brought story with them. That was how they communicated. You never said, I mean, this might sound crazy, but you never say, I just went across the street, the end. It's like, you know, traveled seven miles in this, I went across the street. I went across the street and then there was a dog and then the dog bit a cat and, you know, it's all of that. And everybody has a story about a particular event. And everybody in the family tells pieces of it differently, right? I remember when grandma babysat us and she caught you eating cookies. Well, then somebody else remembers it differently and it becomes a whole thing and it becomes a part of your whole family history, which is so rich. So you've written countless articles and stories for publications like, oh, the Oprah magazine, Women's Day, Essence, AARP magazine. And you've written two books, one entitled Still With Me, A Daughter's Journey of Love and Loss, and The Black Woman's Guide to Black Men's Health. And plus, you tell stories on platforms like The Moth and Contently. So can you tell us why do you use stories to inspire change? 
because it's all I have. Mm-hmm. I mean, that might sound flip, but in truth, all we I look at data and stats all the time because I write health journalism story, right? But in truth, it is that human experience and that lived experience that really hits home. Like, I don't know if it's so much in in where you live, but here there are lots of PSAs and stories about why people say decided to go get a vaccine. And those things grab me by the throat. They say, why did you decide to get a vaccine? And there's a guy who says, I've got an 87-year-old mother that I haven't hugged in a year. And you can just see this one tear rolling down his face and say, I want to hug my mama. Or there's this other one, this black woman who said that she got COVID, but she was also taking care of her mother. And her mother got sick too. She took her to the hospital. They let her go home and she died in her arms. And it makes you think about your own experience. So the best stories are the ones that are so true and so relatable to somebody else's experience. Hmm. So there are two questions. One of them is what happened? And the other one is, what does it mean? And what does it mean for me? Yeah. And is it universal enough that you will get it? Tell me a bit more about that, because for a lot of people who haven't worked with stories before, this idea can be a bit confusing. So on one hand, we say stories have to be really specific. They have to be about a specific event or a specific experience. And then we say, oh, but it also has to be universal enough that other people get it. So can you talk to us a little bit about those two things and how they work together? Okay, so here's a really good example. So sometimes I teach an essay class. And just when I think that I have seen and heard everything, no, I haven't. Because when people really open up, when they put all the walls down, they are imminently relatable and they can break your heart in the best of ways and the worst of ways. So there are some things that go in the human experience that we all relate to a birth of a baby, a birth of a grandchild. You know, if I say a birth of a grandchild, people who are grandparents all go, yeah, I know that kind of joy. (laughs) So, How do you find these stories, these experiences to include in your writing? I know that's something that a lot of people struggle with if they are writing about something that can be really dry. Everybody's got a story, you know, so one of the things that you hear about the reluctant storyteller is, well, I don't have anything interesting to say. What's interesting about me? And I would challenge somebody to say, if you open up and you sit and you tell the story as if you were sitting across the the table from a friend, you got a real story there. So here's an example. The story that I was on the road telling for the mall, it took us three years to zero in on a story. So I want you to know that it's not always that easy coming up with the right story. We worked on what the story would be for three years. What was that process like? Like what went on during those three years? Well, lots of phone conversations. 
I would come up with a story idea, and then it is, but that's not quite right, and that's not quite. But I, I mean, you could have been discouraged, but I wanted to do it so badly that I just stuck with it. And this one was really the low-hanging fruit. It was one that I thought, well, nobody's going to care about this one. But every time I told somebody, I would cry and I couldn't help it. Hmm. But the moth machine is a well-oiled machine. They help you snatch all the kinks out of your story. Each time you do it, it's a little different. And it, it had been good. People reacted well to it. People would get emotional with it. But in our rehearsal, one of the other storytellers said, well, what about this? And it was just the right thing to add to the story. Or he said, I don't really understand this. Could you clarify this? And that was just right. And then the person who is the producer says often to us, just go out there and have a good time. And they always say that to you. But this time I decided to do just what he said. And it was it was an amazing experience for me. It was so different from any of the seven or eight other times I had done that. Hmm. So you raised some really good points because quite often people think I'm either a storyteller or I'm not. And they think that you're able to just walk out on stage and just get it right the first time. And crafting a really emotional, moving story takes a lot of work. So one of the things that I do is I, I try to work with leaders to help them learn how they can use stories in their work. And the fact that it is a lot of work and it can be quite hard often makes them shy away. How do you think that we can help leaders use stories more in the tough jobs that they do? I would like to see them be more authentic in the story. How about that? Yeah, so what does that mean? Many leaders are so polished. They've been around. They've got speech writers. They've got people helping them put spin on it. But this is one thing that I think that Joe Biden does really well. There comes a point in all of his speeches and all of his conversations where it is about him as a human being, whether it's him talking about the fact that he stuttered for many years or the big losses in his family. But you just love the fact that he is so compassionate. And he didn't bring all the tough guy rhetoric into it. He's just a human being telling you where he's been and then sometimes he says, I promise you, you'll get through this. And you go, okay, I believe you. So when I work with leaders, I try to get them to put down all of the walls and be their best, most authentic self. This is weird, but I try to do this in all of my stories. I'm not trying to be Cinderella in all of my stories, I always tell a truth in the story that might not be as flattering to me. Hmm. What I hear you say in just about everything that you're saying is we need to be more human. If we want people to respond to us and to connect with us and to understand us and to follow us, we need to be more human and stories are the way to do that. And you know, in this particular time, I really worry about 
how we are going to get to our joint humanity. Even me, I struggle with that. I struggle with that now in a way that I never did before because I don't have a bunch of grace for people who are not all that compassionate, who are, it's all about me. They are the worst storytellers unless they're talking to other people who are like them. Hmm. Andrea, you wrote a really incredible piece for Greater Good magazine called Why Telling Our Own Story is So Powerful for Black Americans. You know, what inspired you to write that piece? What was your message there? I'm fascinated with the fact that George Floyd's murder was a trigger for all of America. If you ask any black person, they knew this stuff was going on. And I wanted to know what the difference was. And the difference was that people saw it in their living room in a way that they'd never seen it before, right? White people got a chance to see that. But everybody that I know that is black has a story. Like everybody I know that's black that's got a young son has the talk. And it's not the birds and the bees talk. It's like, I don't care what you have to do to get home safely, come home alive. And people were shocked that that was a thing. But ask any black man about that talk, any black woman about explaining that to their son or their daughter for that matter. So that's why I think it's important. There's so many things that are running through my mind right now. Today apparently is actually the one year anniversary of that event. The thing that is really hard is if the way that we connect through stories is by tapping into shared experience and shared value. I just want to dive a bit more into this because as a white woman with no kids, I don't share that experience. So how do you tell your story to me? Do you know what I'm saying? Like, because that's where it gets really hard. Like if you can figure out how to do that, you have incredible power to change the narrative. You are a white woman with no kids. And I haven't always had kids, although it feels like it, right? (laughs) And I haven't always been married, but it feels like it. We all have things in common. And I genuinely believe that contrary to what you may see out there, that in many ways we all want the same stuff. We all want to be safe. We all start out wanting to be decent people. We want to be connected in some way to other people. And by the fact that we are human beings with a physicality, there are some equalizers in our stories. Black women, white women, Asian women, we all get are at risk for breast cancer. A lot of people have mental health issues and we're just now starting to talk about them. I, I, I remember shortly after my husband lost his mother, we went to this thing that my sorority was having about mental health issues. <laughs> and he said, wow, I didn't even know I was depressed until I came here. He just, 
he hadn't connected up the dots that there are certain things that we all live with and all live through. We, uh, If you have children, you really want to get a good education for them. People want a roof over their heads. They want to be warm in the winter. They want to have decent food to eat, however you define that. And we're all out here doing the best that we can at any given moment. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm just thinking about what you said. You know, it's the brilliant part of story design that quite often when we talk about building something for somebody else, we talk about user experience research and user design and making sure you're building your product for the right customer and all those kinds of things. And it sounds to me like what you're doing is you're intuitively designing the stories that you tell for a specific audience. So you're looking for what we have in common and you're using that as a way to create a connection with your audience, with your reader. So when I look ahead and I think about all these people who are trying to change narratives across North America, across the world, everything from climate change to the pandemic to racism to gender equity, how can they start to use stories more deliberately to be able to create narrative change? Well, I was actually thinking about this one today, not in the way that you asked me, but one of the things I really, really think is that all people, everybody deep in their soul want to be seen They want to be heard and they want to be understood in some way. And we sometimes are so busy wanting to explain ourselves that we forget that the person that we sit across from also wants to be seen or heard or understood. And if we start from that point, I am a human being. I'm going back to that again. And I want to have a real conversation with you. Because I genuinely want to know the opposing view on everything. If somebody feels that strongly about something, how did they get there? Don't you ever look at the news or something and you hear somebody and you go, now, how did you get that? I do. And it's a story. Yeah, you know, I agree with you 100%. And it's so interesting you say that because you just described the strategy I'm about to use with some clients who are working on a project about climate change. So we're going to launch what we're calling a listening campaign to find out what people think and why they're resisting taking action when we already know so many of the things we need to do. Why aren't they doing them? You know, what's holding them back? So I'm actually training a team to go out and just listen to people without judging or trying to change their minds. And I'm really excited to see what they hear and what they bring back to us after that work. Now, so Andrea, as we wrap things up for today, can you tell us a bit more about what's next for you in your storytelling career? Well, I am supposed to be taking a (laughs) sabbatical-ish to work on a book proposal. I feel like it's time for me to do a new book. Wow, fantastic. What's that going to be about? I'm fascinated with what it's like to be older. I keep hearing all these stories from women about, oh my God, I feel so invisible. I feel so invisible. 
And I want to explore that. I don't understand that invisibility. And so I want to explore what it's like to be a woman of a certain age who gives in to feeling invisible or not feeling invisible. So that's what I'm looking at. Wow, that sounds fascinating. Well, I'm really looking forward to hearing more about that and and watching the project as it unfolds. So I, I just wanted to say thank you so much for making time to chat with us today and sharing your stories. I think there's some really amazing insights in there for people who are wanting to use story more to find their own voice and to find their own way and to help inspire other people to make change in their lives. So thank you again. Well, thank you. It's You happen to hit on a topic that's like one of my one true loves. <laughs> well, you and me both. You've been listening to Forward, a podcast about how leaders use stories to shape the future. If you'd like to know more about how story design can help you develop and sell your big idea, get in touch at denisewithers.com.